Welcome to the Partners Financial Podcast, a podcast designed for you with insights from fellow members as well as NFP and Partners Financial experts. Hi, welcome to the Partners Financial Podcast. I'm Kristen Bulat, and today I'm excited to be joined by Jay Kavanaugh, who is Director of NFP Insurance Solutions out in Minneapolis, and Eric Gabrielson. Um, Jay and Eric, thank you for joining us today. Jay, if you want to um, lead us off and talk about how you met Eric, a little bit about Eric's background, and then Eric, you can sort of fill us in on, on what you have to offer. Sure. Thank you. Good morning. Yeah. So my friend Eric is the uh, founder of Active 8. Uh, he's what I coin as a qualitative coach. Uh, he helps clients align their values with their life decisions get clear in where they want to go and create and sustain transformable change. And I got to know Eric from a mutual friend whose family had several complex issues to deal with with respect to their uh, estate plan insofar as my client's dad had remarried when their mother had passed. The dad set up a trust for the stepmom who also had her own And when we peeled back the onion and determined that upon stepmom's passing, it would create a significant estate tax borne by my friend and her siblings. Uh, It it, uh, really was uh, a mess. And so um, Eric uh, had helped that family kind of go through um, and tackle the the harder questions, uh, the non-numbers questions to help them make some decisions on what would be the best outcome for the collective families. And Eric, thank you for joining us today. Can you talk to us a little bit about Activate and how you work with um, advisors like Jay and families such as the one he was just talking about? Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Kristen. It's a pleasure to be here. And maybe I'll start with just a little brief on Activate and then roll into how we work with advisors like, like Jay. Um, so Activate, we, as Jay said, we, we focus on the people side. So we really view ourselves as a human performance company uh, that really helps tur- turbocharge processes and increase collaboration to really create effective uh, execution on these strategies that uh, that we work with advisors like Jay on that are much smarter than we are on the, that side of this <laughs> that side of the coin. And uh, so the output of the work that we do really what it does is it helps create synergy uh, with these businesses and families. And when we talk about synergy, it, there's really two main components. Uh, you know, one when you think about synergy, if you look at the dictionary, it's you know the sum. <clears throat> The whole is greater than the sum of the parts. So one plus one doesn't equal two, it could equal three or four, right? So the output becomes that the individuals become much more clear about what they want out of their life and collectively as a family, what they want to create together. uh, And they're able to come and collaborate at much higher levels and, and get to alignment around what a future can look like and what they want it to look like. So the first part of synergy is that alignment piece, all aligned around something bigger. And the second piece is what we call attunement, which is if alignment is where you're going, then attunement's how you're getting there together. And it's really building skills and capabilities uh, 
around listening, having empathy, building trust, and most importantly, creating a dynamic of unconditional support rather than win-lose or right-wrong. And when you start to shift the conversation to what you're for rather than what you're against, it really changes what's possible within these collective families. So that's that's a kind of quick overview of, of what we do. And, um, and then working with advisors like Jay, you know, we come from a place that uh, there is no one advisor that has all the capability to to really support what these families need and what these business owners need. So it takes uh, a willingness and a capability to collaborate together to uh, for the for the benefit of the client to to really support a, a high level for them and really help them get to these great great outcomes through many trials and, and, and issues and dynamics that they, that they need to, to work through as, as Jay was talking about. So we, we uh, see four really main steps where we collaborate with, with the advisors. One is on the discovery side uh, and then out of the discovery kind of what's the solution collectively designing together and with these clients and, and then implementing those solutions, learning, and continuing to grow to you know together not just the families but with the advisors together and as you know we've talked about in the past the industry tends to be focused on the financial side and so what we do is we we collaborate with the jays of the world around the quantitative side we bring in the qualitative side and of the people side so the processes and the structure really support what the people want uh, not have them fit into the structure. So if we think about the example that Jay just gave, that it was a mutual friend of yours, where you know the, the stepchildren had to bear the estate tax for the trust created for the stepmother. And I'm guessing, not knowing any of the facts, but my guess is that with stepmother's money or trust, the money inside the trust, that the the stepchildren wanted to use to pay the premiums on the life insurance because obviously you think, oh, we'll just buy some life insurance and that'll offset estate taxes. But my guest stepmom felt like, well, this is my money. I want to spend it to live. And the stepchildren felt like, well, we need to take care of this tax burden that we're going to have to bear. And they're, they're coming at this one problem from different possibly competing angles. And so mm -hmm. And my, my guess, and this is where I'm going to toss it back over to you, is that you came in or would have come into that situation to sort of help get everybody, instead of being at cross purposes, sort of heading in the same direction. Is that my, my heading in the right direction on that? Yeah. So, you know, so often with these types of situations, um, and, and it's not because people uh, necessarily have malice at all. It's, it starts with our biology, right? We we're, we're wired for protection, right. To protect ourselves. And, uh, and so as a result of that, many times the different parties, uh, within these families or different family members, uh, start from a place of what they're against, right. What they don't want to have happen and what they want to protect. And so to your point is we come in and bring in some tool sets around personal awareness, communication, understanding uh, uh, what, how we get triggered and really shift the conversation from what you're against to what you're for. 
And then once we start to be able to shift it to what you're for, both individually and collectively, you can find the intersections that that exist there to start building a collective uh, a collective solution together that solves it for everybody. And getting and and actually, what ends up happening is that instead of protecting and fighting over each other's pieces, they start to see how they can collectively support the outcomes that each of them want to have happen through these solutions. Uh, so it's a, a big output is, yeah, they start to understand the other perspective. They start to see how they can be a part of it and that it's not just benefiting the other people, but the collective as, as a whole. Is, is that getting at what you were asking? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I'm going to ask Jay about this because I think that Jay, you and I are training and sort of instinct and working with clients is, well, here's a problem. Let's solve the problem. And as you guys, as my listeners know, life insurance is the answer to all of the problems. <laughs> so, but, you know, sometimes Jay, you know, let, you and I talked about coming in with the, the quantitative. Here's what your state tax is going to be. And here's how much the premiums are going to be. And you know, but you were saying that adding Eric and his qualitative analysis is helpful. So where would you, Jay, bring Eric into a conversation with a client? Or how do you see Eric's sort of skill set being really complementary to yours and what you what you bring to a client in a, in a situation? Yeah, thank you. <clears throat> and I think the majority of the people in our business, and I can only speak for myself, but just assume that I think everybody kind of starts with, gathering balance sheets and, and heading right for the solutions because they're such great solutions and they should be good for everybody. But a quick story I'll share with the time that I wish I would have known Eric was I was playing golf with a father and a son one day. And on one hole, when the son wasn't around, I'd ask the dad, hey, what are you going to do with that business? Are you going to pass it down to Junior? And he said, I don't think Junior can handle it. He goes, I think I'm just going to sell it. So then two holes go later and I'm walking down the favorite at the sun. And I said, Hey, how's it going running the company? He goes, great. He goes, uh, I think dad's going to be passing this business on to me in the next couple of years. And I have plans to grow it. <laughs> so I was in a weird spot. And so then, um, the dad, myself, a CPA and a lawyer had an estate planning meeting. Mom was not present. And again, we went over all the whiz, bang, boom, great tax ideas. And um, the dad then went home that night and shared it with the mom. And the mom blew a cork. And she was all concerned that, um, you know, this the son that was supposed to take over the business now is not. They had some um, marginal, there, some of their kids had some marginal uh, marriages going on. And there was concern about um, their wealth leaking outside the family walls. Um, and then they really didn't discuss how much is enough for each kid and should they treat everybody equally or fairly. So as a result, um, the planning stopped immediately that night and it was quiet for six months. And so fortunately, uh, myself and the team kind of figured out kind of what was stalling it and we kind of collectively came up with starting to ask some qualitative questions on our own. And we did, and we kind of flushed it out, but that would just be a prime example of getting Eric at the front end of this, because had I done that, there would have been, um, they would have had clarity. They could have made their decisions much more quickly. 
And um, it also would have created family harmony. It may have been at the beginning a little tough because some tough questions would have had to been asked. But at the same time, um, in the absence of having those questions, you don't have clarity and the consequences could be really bad family harmony later on. And Eric, your job, it sounds like, is to come in and ask the tough questions and, you know, get those conversations going and help the family navigate those sort of rocky waters, right? Yeah, I mean, we we really come in and from from a place of helping the entire family and not having um, an investment in any one particular person or outcome, right? So we're outcome agnostic and we really come in to help the family solve this and give them the tools to, to be able to do that. And, you know, one of the things that we've, Jay and I have talked about that we call is just flipping the conversation, right? Because so often these decisions are made by the advisor and um, either the business owner or for sure, you know, the, the eldest generation and then pushed down without having these conversations. And, and yeah, to what Jay was saying, then they can, they can just blow up and not just have negative consequences short term, but they can for decades uh, have negative consequences with within that family. So, so we're, you know, we're, we're able to, to come in and, 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 uh, and, and be an advocate for, for the entire family. And an example of that is a similar situation to what Jay was saying, worked with a, you know, your, your typical story you hear where, uh, uh, entrepreneur, entrepreneur started from nothing and uh, 40 years later has built a, an amazing company worth, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars. And uh, they just went along and he, the, the founder had a hard time letting go, but just decided, oh, I'm going to put the, I'm going to put the eldest son in as the new president, didn't have a plan around it, didn't communicate it with the family or the organization and it, everything just blew up. And so we came in uh, hired by the founder and his, his wife. And I had a meeting with, and we were going to be launching this process. And I had a meeting with the, the eldest son, who's now the president and I'm in his office. And literally uh, he was climbing on his desk, yelling at me saying, who is it that you think, who you think you are, that you can come in? You're an agent of my parents. And until they change, I'm not even can, can consider this. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not participating. And so, so often it stops there, right? So one person says no. So everyone thinks everyone needs to be on board. And <clears throat> so I had a conversation with them saying, Oh, I get your perspective. I understand the things in the past haven't worked, but what you need to know is the process is kicking off with your siblings uh, in, in to start with, and then your parents in two weeks. And you can be there or you don't need to be there. It's your choice, but the process is kicking off. And so we kicked it off and he wasn't there. And typically then, this is what we see all the time is, the next one he was because he saw that the process was going forward. His siblings were engaged. Now his parents were engaged. They were engaged with each other. Now he's on the outside. And before his no had power and now it doesn't. And so then he came in and a year later, I get a call from him 
uh, saying, uh, can you believe that meeting we had that first time when I'm yelling you at that, you know, over my desk? He goes, man, I'm embarrassed about that. He said, but that's how I was feeling at the time. And I just wanted to let you know that, you know, we were moving forward with the transition. We just came back from a two-week vacation with our entire family, all the cousins, all the parents. It's the best vacation we ever had. And, um, and so those are the types of things that, that you can work through when you come from a place of supporting everybody. Mm -hmm. That sounds wonderful. So I'm going to ask you, Eric, and Jay the same question. Um, Eric, I'm going to have you lead off. When in a perfect world, you were in charge of everything. When would you get involved in a case situation like this? I mean, if you take that family, for example, it sounds like dad had already made some decisions, had done some planning and some transitions that were just foisted upon somebody. Where in, where is it ideal for you to be brought in? And then Jay, I'm going to ask you the same thing. You know, how do you, when you're looking at a case, really decide, oh, this is a spot for Eric. This is where we should bring him in. So I'll have Eric lead off. And then Jay, if you want to give me your thoughts on that too. So same question, two different perspectives. Yeah, great. Yeah, I mean, in a perfect world, I would say uh, it, it would be great to be brought in right at the beginning. Uh, you know, we talked about that first step. I think just about everybody has a first step, which is some type of discovery, right? And Jay was speaking into it as, as far as gathering balance sheets and those types of things. And and that's, you know, that's my um, experience in, in this industry too, is that that discovery period tends to be around uh, data and process and the rights and current structure and those kinds of things. And what gets missed is the people side. And so then you start designing and then trying to implement. And then all of a sudden you're wondering why, like what Jay said, what went wrong? We had this great, amazing strategy and it just went to a screaming halt. So what we find, if you can bring us in on the front end in that discovery piece, then we can also start to deal with the people and the emotional sides and give them some skills. Uh, so when you do get to the design phase, you, you're bringing that piece in and they are empowered by it, a part of it, and starting to build skills. So you, when you get to the implementation side, you now can implement and deal with the emotional pieces and they've been a part of it and they see how it impacts their life and they're much more apt and have the skill set to be able to implement those amazing strategies. And Jay, what about you? When when do you think it would be helpful to bring Eric into a case and you know working through a process? I would say it's it's case dependent, but at the beginning, there's no question. And um you know, oftentimes through our experiences, we learn and the story are shared prior where the, the dad was kind of the instigator of the estate planning process. I just think it's really important that dad are there and maybe those questions are asked of them separately. But then also it's important, too, that the next generation needs to know that mom and dad are doing some planning. They don't need to know about the numbers but I think it's important that, you know, Eric and his team and, and us to a certain extent start to prepare G2 for what G1 is doing and be prepared to answer some questions and understand that um, that mom and dad are, are they're really passing down their values. And so preparing, you know, mom and dad and asking them the questions at the front end separately 
and then sharing answers together, but also um, uh, speaking to the kids. And sometimes the grandkids, depending upon how old the wealth owner is, you might have grandkids now they're 20, 30 years old. Long answer, but right at the beginning. <laughs> okay. Uh, Jay, Jay, I mean, to we've talked about this before too, and, and back to flipping the conversation and the power in that and how you just, you know, I think hit the nail on the head so often, you know, when we're working with clients and what you're saying is what they want to pass along is the values, right? And so we, we kind of create two different buckets of financial wealth and non-financial wealth. And, um, and the industry tends to focus on the financial wealth, as we've discussed, and the non-financial wealth are things like family values, what you care about most, uh, social capital, intellectual capital, um, you know, the experiences that you have and the education and, and those values. And when you ask parents, you had a choice between passing down financial or non-financial wealth, what would it be? And more often, what we hear is, man, if we could figure out how to pass those values and those non-financial wealth, they would take care of the financial wealth that we wouldn't have to worry. And then the financial wealth we do pass on, they're going to be more prepared to handle it than if we didn't have those non-financial mm-hmm. pieces. And when we talk to the entrepreneurs, it's like, well, did you have wealth when you started? Well, no. Well, what helped you get that wealth? Well, it was all these non-financial wealth pieces that, and those high values, and all those, all those things. And so, um, so flipping the conversation, what that allows to have happen is to have the younger generation start to influence and own the future, and then back to the attunement piece, what it takes to get there. And when you include them in the conversation, then more often than not those values that the parents want to pass along, they're naming them and they're starting to talk about how they are important and now they own them rather than re- re- react to them being pushed down, right? Mm-hmm. And we work with a family just like this. I think we've talked about where uh, a way of getting at that around the trust, we got introduced this family when it was a typical age-based distribution, which we all know tends to not work very well at all, unless they're really well prepared, and shifted it to including the 14 cousins to actually design how they get access to the trust, rather than the parents figure it out with their advisors. And they came up with five buckets, doing good in the world, um, (coughs) education, health, one-time help with buying a house and uh, they created a committee around investing in entrepreneurial pursuits and then all the standards that it takes. So now they're, instead of judging their cousins around how they're all going to use the wealth, they're now seeing each other as a resource to make good decisions and they're collectively collaborating towards working with that trust that they each have. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's such a lovely idea of, working with the whole family to get everybody headed in the same direction and, you know, realizing that they have shared values and shared goals and, you know, can really work as a team. And then you, you can then, then they're willing to work with all the other advisors as a team too. Yeah. And yeah. So what you're doing is really creating a learning community within the family and the advisors, which builds a high degree of trust with not only the family, but with those advisors that are in there supporting them, really getting those those life um, goals and 
outputs that they want to have mm-hmm. happen. Right. And then that creates stickiness for the advisor down multiple generations too, because you have that mutual trust. Yep. 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 Yeah. And those generations see the value that they're adding to them, not just to the elder generation. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. I think sometimes there is that disconnect. Well, you always worked with mom and dad, you're a mom and dad's guy. And in reality, you know, they're not necessarily. So I think that a lot of our listeners have clients that look exactly like or sound exactly like what we and I were just and Jay were talking about. So I can anticipate that there's really what you're saying is going to resonate with a lot of our listeners. So I appreciate your time today. Is there anything that you'd like to leave our listeners with? Uh no, just I just really appreciate the opportunity and uh, have really appreciated building the relationship with yourself and Jay uh, and uh, look forward to seeing how we can continue to collaborate together. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And Jay, thank you so much for introducing Eric to me and to all of the Partners Financial family. I think that he really has a great viewpoint to bring to a lot of the holistic planning that you and our other member firms do for their clients. I I totally agree. And thank you for all your efforts putting this together. Of course. It was great to talk to both of you. And just so that Eric knows and everybody knows, um, Eric provided me with a little outline of Activate and how you all can get in touch with him and his organization. So that'll be um, included in the email with the link to this podcast episode. So you can reach out to Eric and get him helping your clients get unstuck from their stuck point. So thank you so much for your time, Eric and you, Jay. Thank you very much. Thank you.